You're listening to The Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. All right, we are here for... Uh, this is a really special day, I think, in Poncho Section history because I think this is the most guests we've ever had on at one. Oh no, I'm I'm wrong. This is the second most. Yeah, this isn't we, special uh, at wow. all. Yeah, <laughs> damn it, I screwed that up already. This so, is <laughs> great. Start. This is this is going really well. But I think uh, it'll be the most coherent. This based be, on the amount of people. You know, this is yeah the most guests and the most coherency. Is that? Is that, a, is that I think it. Is that a word? I don't I know. Don't Might know. be a word. Wow, I'm I'm really nailing this, this intro, intro so far. <laughs> I am gonna we are joined today by a great band, the Bush Hicks, and I'll have you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, I guess it's starting with me. Hi, I'm Jessica. I've had the pleasure of being on the Poncho section. Repeat guest. This is my third time? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Big always, money. Yeah. I always love just coming over and hanging out. I really just come to hang out and get Schwarmer truck. <laughs> yeah, the shawarma truck is a is a big plus. Podcast so, is a nice bonus. Mm, yeah, bonus. And uh, you are the bass player. Yes. Yes. I play the bass. <laughs> and I'm John. I play the drums. Right? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's it. Um, and my name is John as well. And uh, I play guitar and sing and uh, you know. Piss Jess off. <laughs> and do you do you uh, go can by confirm. do you go by John or Johnny just to uh Johnny John I, I don't yeah. call myself Johnny uh, per se but um just to other differentiate between the two maybe I yeah. love the nicknames that you guys have on on Facebook where you're you're oh. it's you have it as Johnny oh, yeah. Bushick and then Jess has Bogsy Malone and I, my favorite yeah. is Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> <laughs> no, it's as John. yeah, that's that's John Dwayne the Rock. <laughs> There's a lot of quotes in here. Yes. That is awesome. The entire the entire name plus nickname. Within, within, as John a Dwayne the Rock Johnson Adamski. Perfect. And we also just discovered before this before the podcast that John does a pretty awesome Casey Kasem impression. Oh yeah. For all you all you kids out there know about Casey Kasem. I feel like people are still familiar with him, right? Yeah. I mean, when, did, when did he die? He was that was uh, uh, <laughs> that was a little while ago, right? Ten, 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 ten years ago. Oh no, I'm thinking of Dick Clark. Actually. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Different. Casey Different. I think Casey Kasem was around longer. Yeah. Now you're going into his. Life. I don't even know if he's, <laughs> he might be alive. <laughs> no, I, 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 I actually feel really bad. Maybe he just retired and he's still alive. He'll tweet but, at us. Hey. <laughs> like, hey no, I feel like we'd know if he was alive, right? Maybe not. Maybe maybe we wouldn't. I, you know, I don't know anymore. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, anyway, yeah. I was uh, doing some research <laughs> on you guys before, and uh, I pulled up Wikipedia, and apparently uh, Bushix, a family-owned corporation best known <laughs> for its Bush's best brand canned baked beans. <laughs> the company produces approximately 80% of the canned beans consumed in the United States, representing estimated annual sales in excess of $400 million. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Secrets out. That's about right. Yeah. 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 Secrets so, out. Oh. For a front. Wait. <laughs> That's you guys are the Bush Hicks, not Bush's brothers and company making uh, Bush's beans. Darn it, those numbers got me really excited. I had me fooled. Yeah, we've got less bacon. I don't. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of this interview because all my questions was about how you make your delicious beans. <laughs> well, we can take a stab at That's it. A secret recipe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How 
dare you even think? <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. No, but I actually did uh, print out a bio from you guys. I just kind of stole it from what you guys wrote, but I made it like I don't know, smaller. Uh, Bush Hicks is a New York-based power trio whose sound has been called raw and nostalgic by many, and spans from classic to modern rock with a focus on songwriting and energy in their live performances. Not so jammy jammy. Oh, there you go. But more rocky rocky. <laughs> you said it way better than I could have. Can we can we hear that in the Casey Keenum voice? Oh yeah. Hailing from Bushwick, Brooklyn, <laughs> is the power trio the Bushicks. <laughs> Swinging in at number three on tonight's top ten countdown. Oh, with their God. rocky rock, not so much jammy jam. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's so good. That's so good. Let's wow. give it a spin. <laughs> so, for all of you, why music? Like, what was the impetus that made you guys want to pick up an instrument, start playing music? I know Bogdoof said a bunch on on the on our episodes, but in case anybody has not heard those episodes, feel free to join in as well. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Um, well, I'll do a, like a reiteration of what. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Wanted to play saxophone. Couldn't make sound out of saxophone. Tony played a string <laughs> instrument. Picked up the bass because my brother played bass. And then my brother stopped playing bass. But then I continued playing bass. And then here I am. Nice. Beautiful. That's a, that's a good <laughs> that summary right there. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, mine was, I'm all about, I was all about just forming a band in yeah. middle school. Um, I'm not sure. I think, I ha- so I had a group of like four, or four friends that we were really close. And I think, um, you know that movie, That Thing You Do? Yeah. So oh, that had that come Tom out Hanks? with Tom, the movie with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, what the hell am I thinking of? And um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> that happened. I don't know if we had the idea to make a band first or if the movie came out first, but the two are very close together. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we had this idea for a band, and like none of us played an instrument except the guitar player. Guitar player played. An instrument. Okay. But my dad had a drum set, so I got him to set it up, teach me how to play, and then. These guys battled it out as to who was going to play bass. No one wanted to play bass, but someone did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. As, a, as a bassist. And so, <laughs> yeah, by, by the beginning of seventh grade, I had a band. That's pretty sweet. And yeah. I kept that band until uh, after college. <laughs> Holy shit, really? Wow. Yeah. And what was that band called? A lot of different things. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elwin was the one that stuck the most. I, I have okay. a CD, actually. Oh, really? yeah, you cool. gave me a CD. Oh, wow. It has like all your silhouettes on the back. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't listened to it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have anything to listen to it on. I didn't get a copy. I feel like having and a I band. And I have a CD player. Wow. I feel like having a band in seventh grade has got to be like really, you got to be like the studs around we played school. The, uh, we played the Christmas party in seventh yeah. grade oh. in, in the gym. I mean, that's huge. That's a huge We played uh, Smash Mouth, Walking on the Sun. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we played some uh, Everclear. Okay. And, uh, some 90s classics there. <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah. Oh, definitely some Third Eye Blind. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you had uh, to. Well, you can't have that. Yeah, you can have a seventh grade. Uh, <laughs> but actually, we wrote that. songs at the beginning, too. We were writing songs. Oh, that's uh, very yeah. cool. The beginning. We played some Beatles and some cool stuff, too, but okay, mostly what was on the radio at the time. And so, well, what yeah, makes sense? You just kept at it. You were like, "It's what I want to keep doing. I want to keep rocking out." Yeah, I remember reading in your bio you played with a few other bands, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, in college, I played with a band, uh, <laughs> Doctor U-Haul. Go Doctor U-Haul. <laughs> um, and then uh, after that, I played with a band called Julius C for a long time, um, and then a band called Shilpa Rain or Happy Hookers for a while. Uh, he was one of the Happy Hookers. Did uh-huh. some 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 real touring with that band. That was fun. Um, 
Yeah, and then uh, the Joey Calfa Blues Explosion for a little while. Okay. <laughs> did a small stint with them. Very nice. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Bushix. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And I guess, yeah, we'll move over to Johnny. Um, I had to really start with the first time I heard Greta Von Fleet. I mean, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, that's, that's so, that's so cool. Wait, do you, do you like them? Or? <laughs> Start no, no it's, well, it's we can move on to that maybe after. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, that. I do want to hear that. A post uh, podcast thing, or we can um, get into it in a little bit. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see where this goes. We'll <laughs> so anyway, so I, uh, I don't know. My family was all uh, into music. My uncle taught jazz at um, a local high school from outside of where I'm from originally. And uh, then my brother was in a band, and I was around that atmosphere, and I just really like needed that. And uh, yeah. so I started playing bass and then a uh, little guitar, little keyboard. How old were you when you played when you started bass? Uh, well, I, technically, I started guitar first and like not really seriously in like sixth or seventh grade. And yeah. then uh, really started taking music serious with the bass in like ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like middle school is like the time where people get. If they're like real musicians, that's when they really start to get into it. Because I mean, for I, I think for most of us, you pick out an inch, you play the recorder first, which I think is a terrible introduction <laughs> to anything. But and then from there, you, you get to choose like what instrument you want to play yeah. at school. Like, I don't know, like fourth. I want to say fourth grade. I think so. Maybe? I wanted to Does play the sax. Ours was fifth. Yeah. Okay. But they fourth, didn't. They didn't give me the sax. They gave me the trombone. I did the trombone. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then I quit that and started playing the viola. I used to play viola. <laughs> yeah. Strings. So I guess I could jump back a little bit because um, I started playing. I started playing clarinet in fourth grade when okay. I wanted to play wow. the saxophone. There so, you know, there's there another yeah, wannabe balancing. sax player. Yeah, you know, yeah. We should all start a sax. Us, we should start yeah. a sax trio. Just a band, Perfect. Just a band of saxophones. Because yeah. <laughs> unlike in fourth grade, now you can play sax. <laughs> right. I'm an adult. I do yeah, what I want. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I can afford to buy my own saxophone. <laughs> and another um, kind of expense. Well, student saxophone, like okay, I would have played yeah. then, I guess, right? It's like mm-hmm. 200 bucks or Right, something. you wouldn't want to get like a professional one starting out. No. No. I'm smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> and now now you guys have been together as a band for, I want to say, four years? Is that, am I in, am I in the ballpark here? I don't even Apparently know. Apparently you guys started, your first show was on January 8th, 2016 at the Basement Bar in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm more, more in the... Wow. So like three. three. Let me go. Uh, okay. Let me consult with the band historian here. So what was that? Was that uh... <laughs> yeah, it was about August uh, 2015. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That okay. Good. All right. Well, in the ballpark. Yeah, I think what happened was uh, I remember seeing him. I haven't talked to this guy since college, but I remember seeing he's posting about having a bass player, mm-hmm. and I was like, I haven't played in three years. Like, I'm not even gonna bother, right? And then we, Rush was having their 40th anniversary tour, and we both happened to see it at Madison Square Garden. And I posted on Facebook something about how the woman's room bathroom line was very short at a Rush concert. (laughs) (laughs) He commented, and then we started talking. He was like, yeah, I'm looking for a bass player. Like, do you want to play? And I was like, well, I suck, but yeah, let's do it. (laughs) She's gotten better, though, so what can you do? A little better. So in those... Uh, we're saying like nine, not 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 nine. Wow, I can I can do numbers. Nine years. Nine years. Wow. It, I'm just looking <laughs> to the future, you know. Uh, those three three and a half years. Uh, how how much do you guys feel like you've changed, both in like sound? I know you guys have changed lineup, personnel, but like sound and uh, like stage presence. Oh yeah, well I think for me starting like 
I always suffered from stage fright, and I think that came from not having a lot of experience. I think back in college, I'd play once a night and get drunk, and then I'd have stage presence, good right. stage presence. <laughs> but then, you know, I think the more you play a show, the more comfortable you get. So our first yeah. show, I was just standing there, like, looking around. Like, everyone well, asked, like, why are you so serious? I'm like, I'm terrified on the inside. <laughs> well, and, and in college, you were in, what, a jazz band? Right? yeah. Were you in any other groups there? Or? We did rock combo, but it was mostly like not as many shows, more like just practices. Like, right, you know. right, right. Yeah, you playing a. So playing I think practicing, actually an playing rock shows band is different. Right, actually just going out and just playing shows, I feel like I learned a lot more than just like sitting in my room and par- practicing. You yeah. Know? yeah. Right. For uh, those listening, me and Jess were in a band called the Proverbial <laughs> Banana Peel for a semester. What is that? Is yeah. that for real? Yeah, rock combo with a. Uh, like <laughs> Fleming, the uh, former drummer of the Mars Volta. Yeah. Oh, how oh, about damn. that? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And he uh, didn't play in the band. He just told us what songs to play and like coached us oh, or okay. whatever on how to be yeah, in a rock a band. band you know? Yeah. And then we won, or technically you won it, but we won well, the yeah. Battle of the Bands. I think yeah, I personally won, won the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> 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 I'm not even getting That's Blake's words. <laughs> I think because like everyone sucked. He was like, you just win for singing. <laughs> his, I think his like exact words were something like, you know, this guy really started out timid and shy, but he's turned into quite the little rock star. He's <laughs> like 21-year-old like at the time, I guess, and like never sang in a band. And I was, We did like Love Gun by Kiss. Yeah. Oh, God, that yeah. failed by Metallica <laughs> and um, Fool for the City by Foghat. Um, we did a Clutch song. And yeah. uh, what the hell was that? I don't know, man. That's so long ago. Yeah, shit. Yeah, it, does, it does feel like a long time ago, doesn't it? It's pretty. Yeah, it's. It's been that's a, long a whole. Time. That's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> but you guys. So you guys used to play at the the pub, right? Which was like, or no, it was the the Black Oak. The Oak. Yeah, J- Jazz Oak Tech was was yeah. at the Black Oak. No one knows what we're talking about. Um, well, oh. but like the Black Oak was a really cool. It still exists. It's a really yeah. Cool so bar. we play every Wednesday, and we didn't get paid. They just did sound for us, and we get free beer. Oh, yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a good deal. I think. And then so. we'd, we'd be wasted by the end of the night playing Red Clay for like thirty minutes. The bartender would be like, "Hey guys, I have to shut it down." Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about. I guess I know. I know you've got a bunch of questions over there, but about like uh, <laughs> about uh, I guess the shows you guys play now because I've I've seen you guys a few times. Yeah. And the, I think the last time was at the I want to say it was the Knitting Factory um, in Brooklyn. Right. I really liked that venue. That was cool because I felt like you could. I like the way it's kind of set up. It's sort of like spread out a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's very wide, not so deep. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I was yeah. trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot because <laughs> um, everyone's everyone's <laughs> everyone's uh, close. Everyone can get close. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't your aunts listening? No. <laughs> <laughs> can you put it in like a little blue like thing beforehand, just saying like. Aunt Marine, don't listen. This <laughs> timestamp. We, we can say anything on this. If on you this have podcast. little kids or an Aunt Lorene, <laughs> <laughs> might want to turn your. Turn or it's your a possibility they didn't get the joke at all and they're still like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? Oh my God. Yeah, I love that venue. I, a lot. I like that venue because I like, I like that you're in the, the room and then you have the bar like kind of on the outside. So I remember so. that show. I think you you came. A lot of a lot of people came out that night. Yeah. And we started playing, 
and everybody was in the bar, nobody was in the venue, like the concert part of it. Yeah. And it's like the thing about the bar, it's soundproof, but it has a big soundproof window, but you can still see everybody. Yeah. So I'm making eye contact with everybody, being like, <laughs> Oh, get, get in here. Oh, <laughs> <We're playing."> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like pointing at your beers. I'm like, Bring your beers. <laughs> yeah, that's well, no, like. I see to me like that I, I like that that you can like just come like it's it's very specific to the music the, what's the other the other place um, the bitter grocery? the bitter end oh the bitter end yeah that's yeah. great the bitter end is also great but I feel like there's like a little like the bar that's in the front there you might be a little more distracted I don't know what's what's your favorite venue to play I guess is what I should be yeah I would have to say Knitting Factory yeah Knitting Factory is cool mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah Arlene's Grocery too is like the same because that's in the basement I was I went right. to one of your shows there too very cool well here we go I like I my I think my favorite is Rockwood Music Hall Stage One. Oh yeah Stage I've, I've been one. there Great venue. Because uh, the drum set's on the floor okay. <laughs> at that venue. Oh, yeah. So you kind of get to watch the rest of your band perform yeah. while you're on the ground in front. Yeah. But you're also like in the crowd, so I feel like when I'm watching a band, I'm, I love those shows because yeah. I watch the drummer. And I like being able to, because the drummer's not in the back, he's in the front. That's like yeah. a treat. So I like <laughs> playing. And also that venue sounds amazing. Yes. And every, you know, the house kit is tuned and top-notch so i'd say that one yeah no that that's a great venue i forgot about that place that's yeah, very speaking of knitting factory there's a video i think it's on either youtube or instagram of you guys do, doing a cover of adele's what is it rolling in the deep or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. it's that's a great uh, one. That's it's one. a really good cover i was at first i was like wait what why does this sound familiar and then i was just like oh my god this is adele Thank this you. is amazing <laughs> i think that's why it goes over so well because it's like people are like it's so different that people are like, what is that? Like during the verses, like you can't tell what song it is, but right. you know what it is. By the time the chorus hits, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just the, we played a show at um, LIC Bar and we basically just did an all original set. And like, there's these really drunk, like girls from wherever. And then they're just really drunk and they're like, play something we know. And <laughs> we didn't know anything that they would probably know. That. And I was like, man, I really felt like I took a, a beating on that. And uh, if you're out there, you really. Uh, well, it, it was kind <laughs> of, it, you know, some of my other friends, you know, um, kind of pointed out, like, listen, like, you're not always going to be playing shows where it's just your friends in the crowd and stuff. Like, if you really yeah. want to, you know, stand out, you got to, like, really be able to play some covers and make them your own or however to you know help people draw people in and then really hit them with your like original stuff so yeah yeah no that that's super important so yeah. it was really a big learning experience um you know i've never really led a band before so i'm mm-hmm. learning a lot and lucky to have these two uh, kind of bear with me and uh, point me in the right direction sometimes so oh he's being oh. nice to us <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys had any moments, like specifically on stage, where like it's an oh shit moment, something happened where you did not expect? No, I think we recover very well from anything. I think the one thing that sticks out in my mind is also LIC Bar when we played inside. This was a different show, and I think I think I like came out of the solo wrong, and then but I just kept going. Yeah, and I then we all kind of looked at each other, and we're all just kind of like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then. We all just came together and like afterwards, like, oh my God, I can't believe we did that. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? That sounded great. Like we made it sound like we meant to do that. Right. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing. Like when you think you screwed something up, like no one's going to notice. Right. Everyone's having a good time. Like everyone's just, you you know, your music's really accessible. Everyone's just like having, really having fun. 
And it's like, I feel like today, especially, there really isn't as much like traditional rock. You know, like rock is really kind of like a, like I've I've heard it said, like it's like kind of a dead art form in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, or it's not the prominent one, you know? It's changing in a lot of, even a lot of, Rock rock bands are are playing more to tracks, and so there's a lot of yeah. you know backup tracks that are adding elements that aren't really in classic rock. Yeah. So, but we're just three people, three goofs yeah. on stage. It's um, refreshing though, because I feel like a lot of people, people like me, and and I think a lot a lot more yeah. people than you realize like like that, and that, and they yeah. want that, they yeah. want that around still. Yeah, they we're not we're not playing to a click. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we yeah. appeal a lot to like you know the older generation. They're kind of like I feel like I'm an old, sound getting, like an old yeah. curmudgeon, but like no, that's kinda... <laughs> no, it is refreshing though. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially if you just have like I don't know whatever like the new stuff coming up on Spotify or whatever, and it's just it's you guys are like legit rock. That's mm-hmm. just like when you're talking about rock. Oh yeah, that's rock. Like yeah. you know, it's not that like sugar coated pop rock. It's just it, yeah, they're rock. Yeah, what's what's an example of the sugar? Coded. Um, I would say I guess Maroon Five has evolved oh, into well, they're like, not yeah. they're not even but even like, like pop, I don't know even uh, what is it like Imagine Dragons I feel like yeah. they were kind of like I don't know when they first came out or I, I don't know I can't think of another group but like they're like know, more they like they're like electronic kind of yeah they devolve into more poppy kind of thing kind of just, just forced into making that hit single yeah. instead of like you feel like there's some there's some like studios like this is what's gonna make right. it a hit and like and for you guys they, thank god they, there's and like they do that formula yeah for you guys thank god there's like some real drums and not just that kind of yeah. 808 kind of thing that they yeah. you feel with like a lot of like rock bands now it's yeah. just like wait what what are you doing with the drummer? Like, why? What's the point of him in your band if you're not going to use him? Yeah. Right. That is something you see a lot. Is all these drummers show up, and on their left is a laptop. Yeah, and it's like, mm, all right. So, yeah. how much of this is on that laptop? I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not everyone has their own John Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. And not to like, not to like, uh, you know, knock that. That's the thing. Yeah. To play to a click is is hard and. Uh, and I've seen it done really well where the laptop is adding some really cool things yeah. that sure. they would still be rocking without it, but it's cool to have it there. Well, that's so. like our buds yeah. and Teddy Midnight, like, but that's like their whole thing is like a live house electronica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so they're not, really... but they're not claiming to be rock. No, right. no, no, no. But also there's a difference between having that there to add something mm-hmm. and having that there to replace yeah, yeah, drums, sure. you know, like exactly. We, know, we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in uh, January, not in January, ah, in July, I, I can read, I can read, I wrote these out. In July, you guys released seven inches of digital content uh, <laughs> with two tracks, When Life Gives You Lemonade and Truffle Shuffle. Yeah. I, and, I love the Goonies reference, by the yes, way. Yes, it's amazing. Oh. Uh, so it was recorded at Continental Recording Studios in Long Island City. And I want to know, what was that experience like? And was there any like improvisation going on, or did you guys go in knowing, all right, we're playing this? That was a great experience. I mean, I've had a couple of studio experiences, and that was one of the smoothest. That was that was the most enjoyable experience for me. Um, we did it in just one weekend, right? Like a Saturday, Sunday kind of thing, right? Well, yeah. the recording, yeah. For the instruments. The tracking, yep. Yeah. And yeah, we spent so, just a bunch of time getting the right sounds, getting the mic set up. But Phil Duke at uh, at Continental was just so much fun to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And then once we got it all set up, we kept the energy up and did it like I don't know, not a crazy amount of takes, something like yeah. half a, half a dozen takes or something, I'd guess, each song. <laughs> and 
and my job was done after that. You're just, yeah. <laughs> you had some guitar solos yeah, John, to John, over top. Johnny, you really had to put in a lot of those. But that part oh, was yeah. fun, too, because then we got to play with all the gear and like, right. so I, Phil, the flanger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Phil Duke's kind of like a mad scientist uh, behind mm-hmm. the board and, you know, capturing different sounds and in different ways. And he's also like a genuine rock and roll guy. Um, we were just geeking out on Kiss the whole time. Like he started calling me Paul. I'd start calling him Gene. Definitely spent um, at least two hours just talking about Kiss. Yeah, sometimes it got a little out of hand, but you know it's all right. Uh, we drank some cold gin and uh, you know just talked tunes. And he really captured us well. Um, he was really great to work with. It's an amazing studio. They really blend analog and digital um, together so well. Yeah, and big enough that we could play all track it all at the same time yeah like, like a real you know band <laughs> i mean that's how we play too so it's yeah. like yeah it was easier to play together and record it rather than do it one at a time oh yeah. yeah yeah have you guys done both types where you have done individual and then also in a group well as as this as a group i don't think we have no but no. perhaps i mean as an individually i know i have i have yeah individually yeah yeah because i know that sometimes there are there are benefits to both but i feel like with group playing together you kind of get that what's the word i'm looking for you get that there's a deeper level if you will like there's that connection that you get just like on a yeah like a gut level where you're just playing with somebody yeah there's these grooves that happen yeah. because you're listening to each other and it, exactly. and it just happens mm-hmm. um, yeah maybe it's, it's more uh comes out like more organic perhaps yeah. i think because we're just i think we're really strong as a live band so i yeah. feel like you know we wanted to keep that with re- recording yeah, and you were saying what's changed over the years. I think just playing with the same people for that long, you without consciously thinking about it, you begin to anticipate what each other mm-hmm. does and yeah. learn how they feel certain things, and it just happens where you just get tighter without even trying. Yeah. So totally. so going so between now and the the show in seventh grade, back <laughs> party, yeah yeah, and the uh, I don't know we'll take. Uh, and to show at the, we'll say the Knitting Factory. What are the what are the major differences there? You see, <laughs> not well, at I, all, I, right? I no longer have the uh, mushroom bowl haircut. Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> like, we need pictures. So there's really some, some, improve, some improvements there. Can this be on the Instagram? Oh man, hygiene is well. Hygiene might not be better, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> haircut is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, those mushroom haircuts! I forgot about those. Well, some things are not are different. Cool. I still play a lot of the. I still play the same drum set because it was my dad's. Oh, yeah. oh really? Wow. Oh, that's cool. At that time, it was my dad's, and now it's mine. But it's the same kit. That's <laughs> he just awesome. gave it to me. Yeah, that's great. That's very cool. Oh, I'm yeah. very glad you're taking pictures. I am the oh. worst with that. <laughs> yeah. I never take pictures of oh, yeah. anything we do here. It's gonna uh, go on the Instagram story there. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we're bad. We, we tried. We tried to. We talked yeah. about this a lot. We tried the video once. <laughs> yeah, so we're just like make sure everyone uh, knows what it exactly looks like with them sharing this yeah. uh, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we're very close. Like Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of look like that. So, we're really next, giving it away here. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, we, we, you know what? That's uh, some people uh, make people have to pay for that stuff. And we're that's just, true. It's all we're for free. Some, yeah. So generous. All right. Thanks, guys. You know, if you've you asked how we've changed, I think we've all gotten that close too where we could share a microphone like that no problem so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect that's the benchmark you know yeah so uh, here's one thing and i don't even know if i have a real question for it but the truffle shuffle music video i like mm. it <laughs> uh, i liked it i thought it was interesting 
Yeah. Um, that was basically just a bunch of little videos all put together with the... Uh, oh, I can't remember the, the website I used. Well, it's Toy Robots to put it to yeah. give a, yeah. to give a oh, visual. Yeah. It worked really well. Like I don't know. It, it kind of told the story. But I think it kind of gave me like this feeling of like... I don't know, 80s or 70s, like if you're a kid playing with those old school robot toys. Yeah, it's like wind-up robots. Yeah, it it worked really well. And then like the TV breaking that shit. I don't know, it worked. And I was just sitting there like, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've kind of ended up having to, not having to be, but um, I've just been kind of doing a lot of different things for this band that I don't normally do ever, so whether it's booking shows to making music videos and everything in between and yeah he's he's the mastermind out of he's like the manager the songwriter so he's low key telling you guys to step your shit up <laughs> listen i just showed i've high key told but in the end you know i'm kind of particular so sometimes it's just best that i just kind of do shit myself and you know, spare them the. the I think headaches. that's why we work because we just we don't bother. We just sit back. We just right. You say. <laughs> well, it's funny because going back to when we were four piece, um, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing then. Um, still don't really know what I'm doing now. But I've uh, after Dave left the band, I felt like um, there was like this cloud over the band of like, oh, what now? Like, you know, Dave kind of like co-led the band. In the live sense, he was really like the energy and the stage presence at the time. You know, he really would steal the show. And, uh, you know, so after that, it was like I had to really step up and, and prove myself to, to these two and, and myself for that matter. And uh, I think just as we, when I got the call about playing Brooklyn Bowl for our first time and mm-hmm. um, the songs were coming together and, and these two just really started, uh, not that they didn't before, but. You know, they really believe in me, and uh, it really helped like propel things. So that's that's really nice. You yeah. guys, I feel I feel a lot of you love between. That's what he needed. Make it till you make it. That's what they say, right? Speaking of of live stuff, you guys had also on on Bandcamp a few live versions of songs. Um, yeah. There's uh, Mothers Take Authority, Steel Steps. Uh, tried for truth. Uh, is there yeah. any plans to have those uh, studio versions of those anytime soon? Well, there's no solid plans. Nothing's booked. <laughs> wow, but now uh, that you mention it, but, I'm just uh, saying they're good tunes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would love we would love to do that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we're not um, part of the Bushes family uh, baked bean empire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> recording uh, cost a too much money. Right. <laughs> if only we figured out that secret uh, recipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Magic beans. <laughs> yeah, if we had yeah. magic beans. Yeah. Oh, magic They'd beans. Be, I mean, be recording every everything. could do anything. Yeah, I think that's the problem. The recording process yeah. is so expensive. Shout oh, out yeah. shout out yeah. to the magic beans in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my buddy's uh, band name, actually. Oh, oh, really? Chris Duffy and, uh, and the guys, yeah. Wow. They're really great. Check them out as well. That's awesome. What were the chances of that? Right. <laughs> but yeah. So all right, we'll we'll uh, we'll hold off, but look forward to those those songs. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. So, but I want to know influences wise, like what at least when you first started out, were your influences kind of like when you were first forming the band, and now like who are you listening to? I guess I'll start. Yeah. Go. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, we've kind of been starting with you all, so we're just trying to stay with we the can, formula. We can, we can go working. the other way if you want. No, I'll take it. Right. <laughs> I guess, obviously, classic rock. I think that's why I like the band so much, because that's what I grew up on. So, like, Led Zeppelin, I feel like, is, like, you know, John Paul Jones is, like, one of my biggest influences. And then Rush, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, Getty Lee. And I think now, like, there's just so many great bass players out there. But, obviously, I'm obsessed with, like, Wolf Peck. And their new album's pretty pretty great and like joe dar is just you know amazing bass player and just so up front and so out there and so like expressive like i love that yeah you can just say that you you bought the bass you have now because of him wow (laughs) (laughs) or did he buy it because of me oh (laughs) he definitely played it before (laughs) (laughs) or did he (laughs) thank you i'm sorry i I had to jump in there (laughs) <laughs> it, it's okay to have idols, Jess. All right, so I'm done yeah. fangirling. <laughs> I mean, influences for the drums. I've always had like um, like two modes of thought here. So like from early on, I was drawn to like funk drumming mm-hmm. because that's just what my friends and I were listening to, and I don't know, I was drawn to it. So, and that sort of lends itself to some pretty technical drumming. So I got into Dave Weckl and David Garibaldi. He's from Tower of Power. Okay. And these guys are really busy players, very syncopated stuff, which is great to listen to when you're learning because it really pushes you. Like every song is something you can't do and then you learn how to do it and then it's like, ah, you've learned something. Right. But I've always been a huge fan of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers and just ACDC, just Mm -hmm. boom, chick, boom chick right. but with authority you know yeah. so a mix of those things like very busy syncopated flashy but also it was coming back to solid play your role as a drummer and just keep it locked in and keep it simple you know yeah so i always go back and forth between those two things and to this day i do that too now it's more like i'll listen to keith carlock for one mm-hmm. he's like a jazz drummer okay um he plays with steely dan is like his big big oh, gig oh, really? but he okay. also plays at 55 bar with oz Noy and um other you know jazz guys that's cool and still chad smith stuff like that or yeah. like uh levon helms in the band oh, people yeah. who are amazing drummers would never call them flashy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but but there's just something to their feel that sound that feels amazing, you know. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. the jump off back on back to me, jump mm-hmm. off of yours. Yeah. That is true. Like I've gotten compliments from people saying like my bass player, my bass playing isn't incredibly flashy. Like, yeah. A lot of the time, and yeah. they're like, it's refreshing to see somebody just hold it down and keep mm-hmm. it tight. And I feel like that's where we like connect because we're both holding it down, and then we're flashy when we need to be, but we know how to like. Yeah. Well, I got do to- what we got to do. Yeah. I think for me, I got to a point, I did not go to music school. I'm glad I, glad I didn't. But like, there came a point where I got, I don't know, I got too into the technical part of it where I just started, and I could see other people in, the, in like uh, in my friends' bands and stuff just trying to be as flashy as possible. And it, was, it wasn't cool. If you're not the best at it, it's not, it's not a good look, right. is what I started thinking. So I was like, mm, I'm going to start focusing more on just playing the shit out of, you know, the simple beat, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I feel like that's the problem. I feel like I always had this, like, I need to show off. Like, if people are going to think I'm a good bass player, I need to be I think that's a a maturity. Yeah, and I feel like there's 
especially like in the blue, the rock and roll and like bluesy style we're playing, there's not a lot of room for that. I would just take away from it. So it's just like, you know, I just play the necessary notes. And, and then when out. you do that one, that one big fill in the mm. song, it's cool because you did it once. If you're doing it every four bars, it's not, yeah. it's yeah. not cool. Well, playing yeah. off what you guys are saying, I saw this documentary. I can't remember who the, the drummer was, but he was talking about different styles of that. And he was saying like how everybody gives like a Ringo a bad rap. Where he was saying, it was like, look, it, he did what he needed to do for those songs. He then yeah. showed, like, this is what it would sound like if you had, like, Neil Peart playing those pieces. <laughs> and he played it. Like, yeah. He had, he had no, no he said, ego. Yeah, and he was like, this sounded, this doesn't work for the Beatles to play yeah. like Neil Peart. He was playing what he needed to do for the band. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that is totally what he was doing like wow. in those moments. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. So, I heard um, someone asked... Uh, Paul McCartney once, if he thought Ringo, this was at the when at the height of their popularity, asked him, "Do you think Ringo's the best drummer in the world?" And Paul McCartney laughed and said, "He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It was but, so mean. <laughs> I mean, he had no ego, so yeah, I don't think yeah. he, I think no, he would have laughed at that I, I, joke, I, I, too. Of course, of course. No, no, that's really funny. <laughs> like, arguably the luckiest drummer in the history of music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's a good yeah. Yeah. He's still playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he's he's doing fine. Yeah. I, doing I don't feel bad for him at yeah. all. <laughs> Even with all the jokes. Yeah. yeah. So, what, what are your influences? Well, originally for the band, the idea was going to be more like country, southern rock... So we still have some of that flair, but I think it comes off a little more bluesy. But my my influences are like Zappa and um, Hendrix and mm-hmm. Dinosaur Jr. Built to Spill. Nice. So a lot of different stuff. Songwriting wise gets a little different. Like Chris Stapleton, I uh, really took a liking to. Um, who's like he's like a country artist. Jeff Tweedy and Wilco. Mm-hmm. Um, that songwriting's always been some of my favorite stuff. Huge Rush fan, as Jess kind of touched on earlier. Bart. <laughs> <laughs> and now um, we cover a Rush song. Shh. Oh. This is still before the show that we're going to play. Closer to the heart? <laughs> <laughs> we could cut that out, too. Yeah. No, it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> I've already done that. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're going to play... Um, a Greta Von Fleet song at the <laughs> Factory on January 5th. Was that right? Yeah. So what's the... Are we going to get into this? What's the whole thing with Greta Van Fleet? Well, yeah. Oh. Coming off of influence is one of John's biggest influences. That's true. That's what got me into mute. Wait. <laughs> I no, was, I see Led Zeppelin. I, I keep messing that up. I, I, was, I was sort of... <laughs> I had heard the name. I had, I to be honest, like I wasn't super aware of it until like very recently. Mm-hmm. About like, oh, this band that sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin. Well, yeah, that's what my friend sent it to me, and she was like, "These guys sound like Led Zeppelin." I was like, "Holy shit, they sound like Led Zeppelin!" So I told it John, and then John, being John, threw a big hissy fit about it. But you know, I can whoa, see whoa, whoa, where whoa. it's coming from. I think from. hissy fits the world. <laughs> are we, are we okay? But are you like? So do you like them? I not think like I'm them? conflicted because like at first yeah. it's kind of like a they're very talented. Yeah, but you can see where it's like they're trying really hard to sound like Led Zeppelin, where yeah. versus like coming off it, like being influenced by it. Well, the, so I feel like the lead singer, you kind of like see his mannerisms, like he's holding his hands like Robert Plant yep. would. Oh, okay. And like I feel like that's that's where it's like kind of like ooh, like it's like I feel like they have so much potential like to be their band. own thing, exactly. Instead of being like, but and but, I do like some of the songs, like Black Smoke Rising. That's a great song. That but was, they're you know, influenced by Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so they say. Oh, is that is that what they said? Yes. Oh, wow. so like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't think <laughs> so. Well, throw everyone off the trail. Yeah. Well, there is a I know fine they sound line. like someone. Who is it? There's like a fine line between like being influenced and then being too similar. Yeah. To a band. Because yes. it's like, like I feel like you think about it with like when uh, you know transcending the original piece of something. Like you know, let's yeah. say you make an arrangement or you do like you're transcending that original thing. To make something new and great. Yeah. And that's, we have to, you, you take your influence by it, but you need to make something new and great. Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like for them, they're just, and somebody even pointed out, I feel like maybe, like, the same thing with me. Like, when you start out, you got a stage fright, somebody that yeah. saw them live, their their live presence isn't that great. Apparently, oh, they just kind of really? stand around and they're just kind of like, hmm. whereas, like, yeah. Led Zeppelin, you know, Jimmy Page is doing his little shuffle, and like Robert Plant's like doing his thing, and you know John Paul Jones obviously just stands. Yeah, there he's just standing there, being amazing. Right. But I feel like I've heard that their live performance don't kind of like you know match you know the Zeppelin who they're trying yeah. to pretend to be. Yeah. yeah. So my my biggest issue is um, I don't really have a problem that they sound like Led, Led Zeppelin. Um, to me, if they actually owned it and like did Zeppelin covers and happen to write their own music that sounds like Led Zeppelin, I'd probably respect that way more than saying you, your biggest influence is Aerosmith and trying to downplay all that. And, mm. and the biggest annoyance really is the, the people that are buying the shit. So yeah, call me bitter, but <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Do you guys know the band uh, white Reaper? Any yeah. chance? No, no. Okay. Well they have, they have one song that, sounds very well it's like you can tell they're influenced by cheap trick like it sounds very it had kind of yeah. has a similar feel to surrender but it's not like the exact it's not the exact thing but you can kind of say oh you this is like heavily influenced so it's like one of those things right. where yeah i don't i don't know like maybe behind the scenes maybe they they own it and they're like yeah we, well, we're very influenced by them but i don't i don't know it's it's similar to the point where i'm like okay it's an influence it's right. not it's not exactly I the think same, the other, they look at it the other way, though. It's just like, we are talking about them right now. I know. And they've gotten huge because of that. But I found out about them because somebody was like, hey, these guys sound like Led Zeppelin. And yeah. then you found out about them the same way. And it's like, the equation worked for them. And honestly, I hope they kind of take this opportunity to grow. And I think they will, like, and kind of do their own thing instead of... Hopefully. And they are still young. Like, yeah, I was about like, to say, no, they are super young. They yeah. They I do want to just away. point out that... Uh, <laughs> You know, historically speaking, you know, Pitchfork hasn't always made like the right call on stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. But they shit all over the latest Greta Von yeah. Fleet, and I loved it. <laughs> I think they again, get call me bitter. Everywhere. Call me bitter. They're like the ultimate music snobs, though. Yes. And they, I think they gave like a Jet album like a zero point zero. Mm. Once <laughs> <a point>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. They even went for the point zero. Yeah. I will, yeah. I will say, however, though they have their performances every so often, and through them, I found this band called Krungbin. Mm-hmm. Oh Holy yeah! Shit, they're amazing. They're awesome. Yeah, they're. I really comments. wanted to see them. They were playing on the right? yeah the eighth uh, two days ago, and yeah. the tickets got sold out like crazy. I was like, yeah, John, John yeah, they did two days, and then they did a uh, DJ set at Baby's All Right, like after oh, one of the shows. Yeah. Oh man, I really wanted to see them. But yes, yeah, so Pitchfork, they I, I'd say they got that one right. Well, not to mm. rub it into Johnny's face, but they wrote a really good uh, review about the 1975. And rated one of their songs the number one song of 2018. I respect the 1975 more than Greta Von Fleet. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So here's a question. On Instagram, July 30th, you guys posted Jazz Part Due. Oh. Is there going to be another jazz anytime soon? Did you see Instagram. Jazz Part 1? Deep I Instagram did. <laughs> I love there those videos. Be. There might be. All right. Uh, That's something to look We're working to. really hard at uh, practice. So that was actually tell. at my uh, my bachelor weekend. Yeah. Um, we were breaking barriers. We had Jess there. You know, it's traditionally <laughs> an all-male getaway. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was very welcome change of pace having Jess there because she's kind of like just one of the guys anyway. I was a little bit worried I'd be bamboozled and be in the stripper. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any intention. Uh, Aunt, Aunt Joyce and who is it? Who's listening? Aunt. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was fun. Your bachelor party was fun, man. We had drums and guitar and bass rigs all set up in the house that we rented. Yeah. So any time of day, we could just go in there and and kick out the jams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And go back out, escape out to the bonfire, drink beer. We're going to have to do that again. Come back in. And you could hear the jam from the bonfire. Yeah. And it was at like Hunter Mountain area during the summertime, oh, so there's nobody around. Oh, so that's, like, that's yeah. perfect. And yeah, yeah, renting a house and or just just yeah. hanging out like we that's that's the way to do it. Did like a five or six song close to blackout drunk uh, Bushick set. That was really. I, think I, saw, I saw a video like the next day. I was like, I don't remember playing that song. <laughs> yeah. And that's and how you know it was fun. Yeah, we had a whole chorus of pots and pans. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Going on there. There's a the there's a there's a video somewhere of a jam that we I think we titled uh, Soups On. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, and then we had Adam Magman on the uh, yeah. the pots and pans for truffle shuffle. There's a Google folder full of oh god oh that's so incriminating awesome. evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's in in that uh, jazz part two. My, one of my favorite parts is when Adam starts uh, playing the solo when everybody else stopped yeah. and the face you just made and you're just like jazz. <laughs> <laughs> That's jazz, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. That's awesome. So, so as of today, you guys have two upcoming shows. One of them January 4th. Oh, shit. Olives. Olives and Night. Oh, I love Olives. Oh, that's that's my bar. Yeah, that's uh, well, it's Rockin' County. Yeah, that's, that's my place. With Ethan Stomping Ground. Yeah, I love Olives. Olives is like, that's my place. I used to go there all yeah. the time. It's a nice. cool place. We played yeah. there one, once before. Yeah, no. Psyched, to, psyched to be back. Yeah, this Jamie, time, what, what day of the week is that? That's a Friday. Yeah. It's also right. my birthday. First Friday of the <gasps> new year. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. So I'm going to be playing that card all night. Yeah. <laughs> John gives me any shit. It's my birthday. I'm going to I'm gonna try and make that show. Friday, Friday nights are tough for me. because my, my I'm doing bass solos right. all night. It's my birthday, goddammit. Uh, <laughs> see, Jess always has a card. Either she's going through a really rough time <laughs> or it's her birthday. <laughs> so, you know, do the math. Or 364 <laughs> days of the year. <laughs> There used to be this funk band that would play at Olives every every Wednesday. It was like a free like funk night or something. This guy, this lead singer, was was just so charismatic and just so much fun to watch. We would just go there and just like just hang out. It was always fun. And I for I life, me, I don't know, know him. I yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know what did he yeah. look like. I mean, he would like he would dress like really extravagantly. He was uh, he wear like these big like Hawaiian shirts and like a uh, like a top hat. I don't know if that, that I feel like that helps a little bit. Do they have a beard? What is it, Enrique Iglesias? Enrique Iglesias, <laughs> that's right. No, that's wait, right. what's that guy from Fluffy? Oh, oh Gabriel, okay. Gabriel Iglesias. Very different, very different. The other one is funny. No, no, one, one really sucks. 
I just know he wears Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. That's right. I got them mixed up. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but I, I do love olives. Yeah, and a great yeah, pool, great. too. Yeah. yeah. We're playing with uh, Chameleon Eyes, who's formerly uh, Strip 66, that we've played with before at Arlene's. Um, They're cool. The U.S. Americans, who actually tried to steal Jess from us uh, on <gasps> base. Kidnap and te- like, attempt. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> And uh, Mr. Breakdown, who are like Nyack legends, so it's going to be a really good show. Very nice. Cool. That's and awesome. And then mm-hmm. right after the next night on January 5th, you are guys are at the Knitting Factory. Shit, busy weekend. Back yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah. It's that's apparently cool. the it's the eighth annual winter course hosted by Cousin Earth. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. There's that jo- a Joey Galva connection. That's right, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was also in the Joey Calva Blues Explosion. I don't know if you oh. mentioned that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he left you out of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so the eighth annual. Yeah, yes. it's been going on for eight years. Yeah. So you got real you, weird. I was at the first. I think I've gone every year, actually. Oh, really? So you they, guys got a lot of good stuff coming up for the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You excited? I mean, you guys got any good resolutions? Yeah, I feel all right. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I never do the New Year's resolution. Um, my, one of mine is to be nicer to Jess during practices. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did want to ask, where do you, you know, guys typically practice? In uh, the Danborough Studio building in Bushwick. Hmm. Is that like, uh, do you guys typically go in like to and just like go over the set? Or do you guys go in and you're like, all right, let's work on this tune. Or here's a new song I got. Well, we'll usually shoot the shit. <laughs> For like, we don't even play. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody will... We usually start out with like a jam. Like somebody will just start playing something, not even on purpose. I feel like it's just like a un, unsaid tradition where somebody right. just starts playing something, then we'll start playing off of it, and we'll just go off it. And then we're like, we should record that, uh, but we should really play other songs. And then we'll never remember <laughs> what we've been jammed on. <laughs> yeah, it depends on whether we have shows coming up. I think yeah. when yeah. we when we do, yeah, that we get a set list together and we run it and we run, then we focus on the... The newer songs. My favorite's when like it's that, uh, it's nice out and we get to go play cornhole at the well. Oh, I'll do a three-way yeah. cornhole. The rehearsal space is right above a bar called the Well. Oh, mm-hmm. and they have. <laughs> it's always funny because they're so huge and they're never crowded. It's always very empty. That's perfect. And in the back they have uh, cornhole. Yeah. So we just great, play. We great just game. Play. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's nice when they're not crowded, so you guys could do a three-way cornhole. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. I knew, that. I, knew, no I knew someone was going to make a joke like that. It just, it's always... I'm sorry, Ant. It's, uh, it's so... Ant? I, 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 I apologize to all, all the ants that are listening. We're, we're all, sorry. all the ants, so we are sorry. sorry. But, but then uh, another, and a lot of the time also, if we don't have shows coming up, you'll come in, John, with uh, something that he's recorded or a riff that he's been working... Uh, something something prepared, not just off no. the top yeah. of your I mean, head. Basically, it's like 75% of the time I'm like really focused and like... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say like uh, really like strict. What's a good word for what I am in practice usually? Just focus. Focus. He'll he'll start. He'll start (laughs) soloing on something and playing with all his pedals and laughing like we get what the pedals are sounding like. Well, that's you know that's like five (laughs) percent of the time. That is interesting. John comes in with a different rig every single time. And he'll start talking about them like we know the names of all of them. <laughs> Not drastically different. Either guitar A, B, or C. And I don't know. You've got like a dozen pedals and he chooses like 
three to bring, but a different mm-hmm. three every time it seems. There's always a technical okay. problem. With them. To, to me, to me, this is, <laughs> yeah, wow. Broken. Look at the, I, I was so nice earlier. <laughs> this is the thanks I no. get. Oh my god. Wow. But that's part of. I feel like that's part of the excitement for me. Is that anything could break at any moment? <laughs> well, so I, I've got I've gotten into like um, fixing um, pedals and guitars and stuff. So, you know, I'll buy cheapo pedals that need repair on like Reverb for ten bucks and see if they can't fix them. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Sometimes I fix them and they shit the bed anyway because they were cheap to begin with. So mm-hmm. don't let them uh, mislead you into thinking like it's a complete shit. <laughs> I have I have my main live rig that like. When it gets close to showtime, I'll like yeah. our next three practices. I'll have my main rig that I'm gonna practice with. No, but I like you share with, with it. All yeah. Stuff, yeah, sometimes I like to, you know. You get shocked. Well, that's <laughs> that's true too. Sometimes uh, my amp's not grounded properly, and I go to sing, and I tend to eat the mic sometimes, so <laughs> get electrocuted, and, uh, you know. Or his amp will start feeding back. Uh, radio oh, yeah. stations usually gospel like oh, yeah. it picks up Perfect. the Jesus station. <laughs> That's what Reminds you need. Me of spinal tap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that awesome. That's great. So is the is the songwriting process typically you'll bring something in for for John and, and Boggs to play or is, yeah, most of the time. Um, originally, I used I kind of so I was a bass player for like forever. I still kind of am, but not really. So. In the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, write bass lines and whatever. And then I was like, no, let me like let Jess, like, let me see what Jess comes up with. You know, let's, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. She hasn't played in a few years. Like, <laughs> let's see what she's got now. She was very rusty. I'm not going to, she'll admit it too. I think we were all rusty. We all oh, yeah. didn't really play music for like three years at that point. Mm-hmm. And, oh, wow. Um, That's a long time. Yeah. For whatever reason, we all just kind of came together and it, it's worked out since. But, um, since then, it's just kind of been me bringing in something or sending them something in advance, and you know we'll work it out for a rehearsal. And then we'll like think on it for a week. We'll come back. We'll try to get through it again. If we can get through it, we'll record it, and then that way everyone has a recording of it. And um, and then the lyrics and, and that part usually comes last. Yeah, and by record it, we mean on an iPhone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been well, in a band. Does. Been. That's how everyone does it these oh, days. Yeah. Definitely. So where could people find you guys? Well, Spotify. We are on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Music. Instagram, Facebook. Instagram <laughs> Music. <laughs> if just you actually, just uh, type in Bushicks. Yeah, yeah. Bushicks Band, Bushicks Music. Yeah, um, Bushicks.com I think has links to all of that oh, stuff. Oh, Bushicks.com. Oh, there you go. Com. Go to the yeah. website. Um, if you just Google Bushicks, you'd be amazed. Yeah. It's like all of us. Yeah, yeah. Really? we're the only yeah. one. Not, not even the Does it say? Did you mean like, Bushwick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Don't don't buy into that though. Did don't you mean? Did you mean Bush's baked beans? <laughs> yeah. I think we have a don't great internet presence. You know, yeah. so. I don't know. My mom still thinks it's Bushicks. Bus-hick. <laughs> so if you need help spelling oh. it, think of Bushicks. <laughs> it's the butch. It's the butch chicks. The butch. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. a whole bunch of those, right? And I guess the butt chicks. I guess we'll plug again the the two upcoming shows January first January fourth twenty nineteen Friday at Olives Friday Friday January fourth at Olives in Nyack. Please go to that show. That is a great bar and the set, it all, everything always sounds good there. It's going to be a great show. And then the following night January fifth Saturday at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. with our good friends cousin Earth and. Uh, 
Oh, oh, wait, don't give him any help. Don't give him any help. Oh, I want to uh, see if he knows us. Some of the funky brass band. Oh, close. Almost. Uh, <laughs> dirty dog. Dirty. Dirty brass band. Getting colder. Getting colder. This wouldn't disappoint. Almost. With a brass band and uh, <laughs> Bella's Bartok. So it's the Funky Dogs brass band I and love Bella's, uh, Bella's Bartok. Bartok. Yeah. Very cool. I was right there. You almost at it. All right, I think we uh, we did it. We should yeah. do this again soon, guys. Thanks for yeah, thanks, thanks for being for here. Thanks, thanks for having, having us. Our pleasure. Yeah, thanks right. for having us. And thank you all for listening. If there's any uh, sponsor, anybody out there wants to sponsor us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> Pushes beans. Pushes uh, beans. <laughs> you know. Can't you see how great of a podcast this we is? We are. We are open to it. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for listening. Catch you later. Peace. <laughs>